Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is Shauna Danberg, and this is the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast hosted by Her Voice Movement. So there are women from teenagers all the way up to grandmothers, and especially those mama bears that are saying enough is enough. The attack on our children has gone way too far. So there is a grassroots movement called Don't Mess With Our Kids that's rising in America. And that's why you're here so that you can be a part of this and engage. There's a couple ways that you can get involved. The first way would be to simply share this podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and get the alert so you can be with us every single episode. Also, we are inviting you and your family to pray with us, to fast with us, and to stand with all 50 states in your state capital on April 13th. 2024. And that will become a launching pad to then go to this historical and epic gathering of 1 million women and their families to pray fast and stand in Washington, D.C. in the fall of 2024. So the point and the purpose of this podcast is to bring awareness, education of what's really going on, to pray together, and also to put action to our prayers so that we can see America turned back to God. So here we are today back with Dr. Manny Espinoza. I'm super pumped about this because we had an incredible conversation. Dr. Manny, thank you for being here for part two. The, the first episode was epic. People need to go back and listen to this because we were talking about the transgender surgeries, the different hormones, the different things that are going on. And um, you gave us some really good points. In fact, some things I've never even thought of before that were so profound. Yeah. You are a pastor, you're a father, you're a surgeon, and you've seen a lot of stuff and you're going to educate us even more today. Well, thank you for having me on. It was fun. So I'm glad that you invited me back. <laughs> well, I know one of the things that we were thinking about <clears throat> that we wanted to ask you is as people from the Portland area, you know, as people from the Northwest, a lot of times people just have assumptions about how we might be a little bit, um, let's say feisty about what we believe because we're coming against such a strong agenda in our area. And so I think sometimes they're like, oh, that, that don't mess with our kids is great for you guys. But I live in Texas or I live in Florida or I live in some place where it doesn't feel like that is going to affect me. It's not going to get to my kids. And so you're a Texan. So I just kind of wanted to jump right out of the plane here and ask you, what do you think about that idea? What do you think about that mindset? I think that's, that's a mindset that needs to be erased because it's a dangerous mindset. It's a setup. It's a, it's a mindset of complacency. And thinking this can't happen in our state. And that's how well, the whole way, the whole reason we are where we are in America, I believe, is because we fell asleep. And I'm just going to say it as from a pastor standpoint, the church fell asleep. It reminds me of the story of the wheat and, and the weeds. And, you know, the story goes, hey, Lord, did we not plant good seed? He says, yes, but there's weeds out there. And he said, ah, while we were sleeping, the enemy must have came and put some Whoa. planted that while we were sleeping. Wow. So while the church was sleeping, the enemy came and planted and we thought everything was well until the wheat, the weeds started to come up. We're dealing with the weeds from the seeds that were planted a generation ago because the generation was asleep. Let us not be a generation that's asleep. Let us arise, wake up and know that everything we're dealing with in this country is every single state will deal with it. 
We're even seeing it in another form in Hawaii is dealing with certain things. Every single state in this United States, we are one. We're a United States. We're a union of states collectively together. And so if we think it's not going to be in Texas, we better wake up. And I gave you the analogy off camera of we wouldn't we wouldn't let our backyard. We can't just be in the house and think everything is safe and never go out to the backyard and see what's out there or leave our back door open because our front door is locked in our front windows. We would never say, oh, well, the back door, don't worry about it. Not much comes in there. Not a single person would do that in their natural house. Why would we do that in our states? I'm telling you, as a Texan living here, you are seeing rumblings underneath. And sometimes those are even more dangerous because they're underneath. You all, there's no doubt about it. It's right up in your face and you know what you're dealing with. It's the one that comes and tries to sideswipe you that can sometimes be the most dangerous. So we need to have keen discernment and we have to have the testing of the spirits and we need to get into that intimate place to know what is God and what is the enemy so that we can attack and use the weapons that are that are in our arsenal to be able to fight that. We have to understand we're fighting a spiritual battle that's manifesting in the natural. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's a question. Since you are a physician in Texas, you're a urologist and you do surgeries multiple times a week um, for urology. So you are <clears throat> one of the doctors that could perform a surgery. Living in Texas, have you ever had a request for a transgender surgery? Yes. Um, they have asked us as a as a group. And like I said in the, you know, go back to the first podcast. I echo that. Go back. I believe there's things that God wants to speak to so many. But to answer that is absolutely yes. And it was around 2017 when you think, well, no, that wasn't really out in the news. It wasn't a movement. It wasn't anything like that. But yet it was being asked. The only reason why it was being asked is because somebody was asking for that surgery. It wasn't just to see, just in case somebody wants that in the future, do you do those? No, it's because it was already underground and the rumblings and the pains of that movement that was about to be birthed was already there. And we should have heard, and, I, and I'm thinking back now as I'm speaking right now, we should have done something then to say, hey, wait a minute, they're talking about this now. What's ahead? Let's mm -hmm. dig into that. And that's what I mean by having that keen discernment. Mm -hmm. Something, Something's not right there. So I have been. So when we talk about the church being asleep, I want to talk about that because that's one thing that we're very passionate about at Don't Mess With Our Kids for this movement. We can confidently call ourselves a prayer movement. One of the fundamental and foundational aspects of this movement is to build prayer hubs. In fact, we want to establish 250,000 prayer hubs. A prayer hub is a mother and their spouse, or a woman and her teenage daughter, or a woman and her sister, or two teenagers that get together. It's basically where two or more gather. This is Matthew 18, where two or more gather. There he is in the midst of them. And what do they agree upon? He will do. This is the ecclesia. This is the small group of people that can pray and create change. So we are confident there. But we know that we pray and then God gives us the power to go into the world. Go ye into the world, right? We're go ye. That's what the Bible says. Go into the world and occupy until he comes. Occupy actually means, you know, to have occupations, right? Yeah. So one of your occupations is you are a surgeon. So you're occupying in a sphere of culture. And so when you say the church is asleep, I'm just going to give maybe my 
personal viewpoint on that. I feel that it's reasonable to say that most of us in the church have not been looking at the people and saying, wow, you have a gift of acting. You need to go into Hollywood. Wow. You have a gift of media. You need to go into entertainment media. You have a gift of this, of that. Wow. You need to go in and, you know, build business, right? We maybe haven't looked at these mountains, these spheres of culture and sent our people who are full of light, full of love. They're not perfect, but we're full of Jesus and send these flashlights. I like to call it into dark places because when I turn a flashlight on in a dark room, there's no struggle. There's no struggle. There's immediate light. So in the dark places of the world, if we're not sending the people who have the light and the light only comes because somebody has invited Jesus Christ to be their Lord and savior. And now he's in them as a, and they're the temple, right? He's in there and now they step into the room and there's light in the room, right? So when I hear us say, maybe the church has been asleep, what I feel is that we haven't been awake to the idea that we need to be sending people into these spheres of culture mm-hmm. saying, Hey, go be a surgeon, but don't just be an old surgeon. Don't just go in there blindly and get your paycheck, go in there and put worship music on in your, in your surgery room. Just like you said in our first episode, go in there and be the light. Don't just be an actor in Hollywood, go in there and be the light. Right. But I think we accidentally created a vacuum in all these spheres of culture, kind of made it more important to come into the church mountain and make it just about inside the church building and really created maybe a lot of people who thought the best place to be, to be the best Christian is inside the church. Now, some people are called to that. Some people are called to pastor and teach and prophesy and all these things and be church clergy, but that's only 1% of -hmm. Christians are actually in that. The the other 99% are out there. So when you say the church is asleep, is this what you're talking about, Dr. Manny? Are you saying asleep, meaning we didn't occupy the dark places? Or talk talk to me more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think what we've done is we try to stuff everything into the church. And we now have this very obese church that can't move. And it's been on, you know, it's it's taken in junk food. It's bad nutrition. And God has called us to be a nimble church, to be one of relevance, one to the most powerful thing in the book of Acts was the church. And so we now have stuffed this into the church and now we can't even move. And God is like, what are you doing? I didn't call you into here to stay here. I called you into here to be filled up, to be changed, transformed, transfigured. And and then once you're done there, go out. And then next week you come back in and you get filled because as you go out, you're so empty because you've given everything out to whoever needs it there. You come back to fill up. And then you don't wait just for Sundays, but you get into that secret place on a daily basis to say, I need more. I need more of already what's in me. I need more to be present. And so we've looked at, okay, let's see how big we can get. And God's like, you know what? I don't really think that's what we need to do. I had a vision in 2018 and the vision was, I saw God's hand go like this. And out of my fingers were steeples. And he pointed and he said, you see that? That's a junk pile. It has my name on the outside, but I'm nowhere near it. He said, don't call something that's me in there. He said, I'm tearing down. I've called you to go out. And he told me at that time that those that would not, that have been given the mantle, that didn't steward it well, 
he would take and give to others who are willing to do it. And I believe you're seeing that. And in that, in that vision, there was small churches, big churches, medium-sized churches. It wasn't the size of the church. It was the leadership and the heart of those that are leading the church. And so that's where we have to really come into and say, we got to do things differently. I believe that we're all now in Babylon. And it reminds me of the story of Daniel. Daniel was 17 years old from a wealthy family, was supposed to be a king because he was royalty. And yet here he is in Babylon. And if you look at it, most likely he was made a eunuch at the time. And here he is 17, knows he's never going to have a family, never going to have anything that he thought he should have. But his heart was, no matter what, I will not compromise, even unto death. They tell me I can't pray. I'm going to pray. And, and, and he didn't go alone. That's a perfect example of where we should be. We should have micro churches coming out of the churches, mega church, small church, big church. We should have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going to those areas together, knowing that they had the same heart. And the reason why is those three young men did not bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's idol. And I love what they say. We will never bow down to it because God will save us. And here's the thing. Even if he does not, we still will not bow down. So we have to be a church that says, even if God doesn't do this, do this, whatever we think, it does not matter. We will not compromise because I don't want to be like a Saul and compromise my whole purpose and destiny. And I want to be a David. David didn't always get it right. He was not perfect, but he never stopped doing the will of God. And he also sought the will of God every single time. He never lost a battle. And the reason is, is because he was always humble to come and ask God, will you give them into my hand? Then he moved. He didn't go without, without it. He had the spirit of counsel before the spirit of might. And his counsels told him when to go, how to go. Then he went out in the spirit of might. And he was always given the victory. That's the church that we need to be now. Wow. You know, I want you to encourage those men and women who are a part of the medical community, because I'm thinking about the pressure <clears throat> that has been on everybody in that mountain of influence, especially since 2020. I mean, it was intense, right? Like so much pressure, so much intimidation, so much control, uh, depending on what state you were in at the time. But it was it was pretty, you know, across the board for sure. But I'm thinking about a woman right now who she said she planted her prayer hub and she started one. You can go to hervoicemovement.com, by the way, for people asking how to do this. And it's absolutely free. 30 prayer points, really easy. But she started one at her place, her workplace, and she's a nurse. And she said she wow. started it because so there is still full term <clears throat> abortions happening wow. at her workplace. Full term abortions. Now, she didn't say that she was involved in the room. You know, she's not involved in that exact procedure, thank God. But because she works in the building, she decided her and another coworker said, We're going to start a prayer hub right here, yeah. you know, covert inside this building. Yeah. And we're going to tear down Babylon. And we're, mm. we're not. We're, we're not going to allow ourselves to just come here and be miserable at work every day and think, well, that's just the way it is. We're going to come here and change the spiritual atmosphere. So could you speak to anybody in the, everybody in the medical field who 
they just feel powerless. They feel like, well, this is my job or I love what I do, but now I'm, you know, backed into a corner and I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know where the mandates are going to go and what's down the road because we know that the uh, pandemic was a dress rehearsal for something to come. So I I feel that you can give a word as a pastor, as a surgeon, as a father, as a brother in Christ to these men and women. Can you minister to them right now and give them some strength to stand strong and to not uh, bow down to Babylon when this thing turns up a little bit? I think just uh, uh, just as you were speaking, it just came back to me, just the story that I said was uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You have to come to a point where you say there's a line there, and that's a non-negotiable. It does not matter. To me, that's under the, the fear of the Lord, and that's under lordship, that I am not going to cross that because I'd rather fear God who can take body and soul rather than man who can only take body. I am going to sit there and say, when this happens, I will not compromise. It doesn't matter what I may lose in the natural. I will not compromise at this point. And until then, I'm going to also use my power and authority. I learned this from reading one of Derek Derek Prince's books. And one of the things that he mentioned is that we have the power and authority to go in and take take, um, authority over the area of our job. And what he said is, when you have have that ID and you have a contract and you have that, you have legal access to be there. You're not on foreign ground. You have been hired. You have been vetted. You have been all of the things given to you. And I take my badge and this is what I do. And I try to do it every day before I go into that building. And I put the devil on watch and I say, no, devil, I have been given by this badge the authority to walk into this place in a natural aspect. So while I'm there, there is nothing demonic that can come because I'm in the presence of the Lord and the blood covers me. So anything that's in there right now, any foul language, and I specifically say any foul language, rude jokes, uh, pain, gossip, everything. I want that to leave the minute that I get in there because I am walking in and Jesus is with me and they immediately know. And I'm telling you, it changes the atmosphere. So if every one of us goes into our jobs, nurse, MA, a circulating nurse, um, physician, whatever your role is in that hospital, even hospital administrators, you have to walk in and we need to start taking our authority and quit walking around like weak, anemic Christians to just say, oh, we just got to do whatever. No, that's how what happened to the church during the time of Hitler. Oh no, we just need to follow what they're doing. Mm -hmm. No, when it's outside of the realm, we need to stop and say, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that. We need to follow the kingdom of God not what man is saying, because it's going against biblical principles. Yeah. I will honor to a certain point, but I am not compromising. And yeah. so I take it, I take authority into that place and cast out the darkness. Yeah. I just want to testify to that because the other day, uh, a friend of mine and I, we went and did a deliverance out of prison and I wow. kind of had an expectation of what it was going to feel like at this prison prison, because I'd been in another situation that was a different prison. And I could literally feel the demonic just like quaking in the air. And so I was expecting to go into this feeling some a similar thing and okay, we can take dominion. But when I got there, it did not feel like that at all. The the prison actually felt, even though there were bar, barbed wire fences and there were, you know, giant steel doors you had to go through and there were guards everywhere. It just, it felt 
amazing. And so we get into where we're going and the gal that was, that got us in, she told us that guards that work at that prison, walk the perimeter of that prison every single day and pray over it. And she said that they specifically say that that prison is God's palace. (laughs) That prison is God's palace. And I'm like, Oh my word. And so God, that is God's palace. And he has taken dominion there and they have, they have taken their authority there and it shifted everything. And they have prayer hubs they starting. They have prayer hubs starting. They've been prison. approved for their prayer hubs yeah. and they're meeting at lunch. They pull their prayer hub yeah. papers out. Yes. I mean, it's we amazing. are so blessed by this. This is a women's prison. So God's, he is reaching yeah. women far and wide to turn yeah. this nation around. I just, I love that so very much. I feel so incredibly empowered right now, Dr. Manny. I feel empowered and I feel almost like people in the medical community and others of us that are not in the medical community, like it's like we've got a like a, a second wind yeah. in our spirit. And you know, that's an impartation off your life. That's not just information that you gave us today, but that's an impartation and you are walking this. You're not just talking this, but you're walking this and you're living this and you're breathing this. And so would you just bless everybody that's been listening today and then we're going to give some further instructions to our listeners absolutely so father we just thank you we thank you for all that you have done in our lives lord we thank you that you would die on the cross for love keep you kept you on the cross and you died for us so that we can have power and authority and that we would not be under the the demonic of sin and 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 and, and our sin nature but we would be renewed and we would be made new in christ I pray, Lord, that the spirit of compromise would be broken off of everybody's life right now and the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus that we will not fear because your word says that you did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love, and one of a sound mind, and that we would begin to rise up and we would begin to use our authority and the power that you have given us, not to tear things down, but build things up. That which you want to expand, for you told us to expand your kingdom, to let what's happening in the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. You have called us to do that, and I pray that each and every person, I, I feel like there's somebody online right now that has had the opportunity and fear has gotten you and you feel like condemnation or you felt like you messed up. And I just pray right now, that is not the case. God gives second chances. And I believe if that's you, God's giving you another opportunity to be bold and to be courageous like Joshua. And so I pray that over each and every one of us, we shall not compromise, Lord. We will not compromise and lose our identity and we will not lose our purpose that you have given us. And so we just thank you, Father God, that we, I thank you that we come together united as one, one body, one agenda, and that is to proclaim that you are King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Manny. This has been incredible today. I feel, again, I feel so empowered. Thank you for your time. Give Erica our blessing and our love, and we're going to have her on real soon as well. She's next. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Let me give you some final instructions here. We want to make sure that we put action to what we've heard today. First and foremost, you can join us live on any given Monday up until Washington, D.C. in the fall of 2024. That's right. One million women and their families praying, fasting, and standing with us in Washington, D.C. in the fall of 2024. We will have a date for you. Don't worry. We're going to get that set. But in the meantime, every single Monday, We show up on a live Zoom and we'd love for you to join us. It's at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you want to catch the replay, you can do that at the very same link, which is 
don'tmesswitharkids.us slash live. Also, we're not going to forget the Capitals, April 13th, 2024, standing at our Capitals. We're going to pray. It's going to be so incredibly powerful and it's going to create change. And you know what? We're not going to leave this up to some celebrity. We're not going to leave this up to some, you know, a handful of powerful people. You're powerful. You're the one that has the power. So you and your family and your friends make it a point to get the caravans going. Maybe you want to rent the buses. I don't know what you're going to have to do, but we want you there because your voice matters in this time. Thank you so much for being with us and we'll catch you next time.